0: The Bible is on more bookshelves in the world than any other book. Generations have poured their blood, sweat, and tears into protecting and preserving it. Today on Rooted Daily, we ask, why? Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where, in 10 minutes each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy. And it took a lot to get this book in our hands today. People, they devoted their lives to copying it and, and translating it. People died sharing it, and they still do. The question is, why though? You know, what motivated men to copy those thousands of manuscripts so carefully and accurately by hand throughout the centuries? What caused men like William Tyndall to translate the Bible into the common language even though he knew it more than likely would result in his death, but he thought the Bible was worth it. Why? In Ephesians chapter 2, I think Paul tells us, and he starts off with a, a pretty disturbing and rough picture that sets the scene of what it was like before the Bible. He says, you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath just as the others Ephesians 2 1 through 3 before the good news of the bible we were dead not sick, not having a bad day, we were dead. Before Christ, we were children under God's wrath. Before the Bible, it wasn't a pretty picture. And I doubt that those were very pleasant verses for the scribes to copy and for translators to translate. But thankfully for them and for us, the story doesn't end there. Verse four picks up, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kingdom toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, And that not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them that's why after the bible after the good news after jesus we are alive we are covered by his incomparable grace we are no longer objects of god's wrath but his masterpiece that's why that so many people gave their lives for this book but how do we get in on it and when we look to this book it tells us that we can have the same impact in the lives of others, and it can have the same impact on us as those copiers and those translators, and here's how. First, the Bible teaches that we are saved by grace. Salvation, eternal life in Jesus is a gift that cannot be earned. It's not deserved. It's not something you achieve or strive for. It is by God's unmerited favor, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and thus not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Second, the Bible teaches that this gift, this grace, can only be received through faith, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And throughout the pages of the New Testament, we find the details of the faith that saves. John three sixteen says that faith believes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Saving faith, believes Jesus. It's essential, but it's only the starting point. After all, God says in his word in James chapter 2, you say you have faith for you believe that there's one God good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. James two nineteen. So saving faith not only believes, saving faith acts on that belief repent then and turn to god so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the lord acts three nineteen. 19. your repentance is making a, a u-turn repentance is laying down your agenda uh for your life and embracing god's god i have been wrong about so much And you're right about everything. I want to live for you. I want to take off my old ways, my old thoughts and attitudes and actions and agendas and put on your new and better ways of living. Repentance is a commitment and a desire to no longer live for ourselves and instead live for God. Repentance is not simply being sorry. Repentance is change. Saving faith then confesses. Matthew chapter 10 verse 32 says, Everyone, therefore, who shall confess me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. Saving faith unashamedly at all times, in all places, no matter who we are with, no matter what it costs, confesses that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is the way, the way, the truth, and the life. Saving faith confesses and saving faith is baptized. Now, for some reason, and I wish they didn't, but those who first translated the Greek into English chose to transliterate, not translate the word baptizo. Transliteration is to take a a Greek word and use the same basic letters to create a new English word. But in the translation you've probably got in your hand, the word baptism is used 80 times in the New Testament. And Every single one of those times, it is the Greek word baptizo, which means to dip or plunge or immerse. Saving faith requires immersion. Acts 2.38, Paul calls for the audience to repent and be baptized so that they could receive forgiveness for their sins. That's how we get in on the why behind the Bible. When we see that before and that after picture and we want to go all in, that's how we do it. You know, when we open up the Bible, you are opening up an envelope with God's letter to you. And no matter how you've lived before you opened that envelope, no matter how you've been raised, no matter what you've done, no matter what you failed to do, God says to you directly, that's all in the past. What matters now is that you take this book that I've ensured that you would have, and you see why I've sent my son. I've sent my son because I love you, and so I've offered grace, and I just ask that you accept it with faith. That's the greatest news the world has ever received. And that's why everyone from the first Christians who died because of the canon to the people translating the Bible into every language, even to this day, cling to this book. When we recognize the Bible for what it truly is, the breathed out word of God, and that it all points towards Jesus and his grace, it transforms our life. And it can do that for you today. And that will do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you are growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and you want to make sure that others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you are ready to take the next step to repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317 Two zero seven two seven three four.